Welcome to the VIP Home Podcast. It's great to have you today. Could you give like a general overview of what a home inspection is and what it entails? What we are looking for is how your structure, how your mechanicals, your furnace, your air conditioning, etc., your electrical plumbing system, are they proper and functioning correctly? And of course, we also throw in the safety point. Is there anything that could cause a safety issue for the homeowner? When should a home be inspected? Most of the time is done when you're getting ready to purchase a home because it's new to you. You need that third eye on the inspection. You're not no longer objective, so you want to become objective, and that comes through a third party. That third party is the inspector, and he is to guide you through the important parts that could come back and, and basically haunt you if you purchase incorrectly. When you're going through a home inspection, will there be times where you will encourage someone else to come out and inspect something further? A good home inspector is trained to see signs of issues. If I see a water stain or something on a wall, we can put a moisture meter on there and if it's wet, I'm going to advise you to have somebody come out not only to check for the leak, which would probably be a plumber, contractor. I'm also going to probably tell you that once he opens that, you may have to have a, a mold inspection because if it's behind the wall, there may be some mold involved as well. We're going to recommend when we see issues or concerns that indicate that there may be further problems that we can't see. How long does it take to schedule a home inspection? Listen to your realtor. If you're in the height of the season, plan on at least four or five days out. Normally, we can book within two or three days. What is the usual turnaround time for the inspection report? Our turnaround time is same day or within 12 hours. Some guys do it on, on site and I have no problem with that. Our company's a little bit particular in how we present things. So our guys will do the report on site and we will actually review it with the client right there on site. When you leave that home, you know exactly what's going on with it. Mm -hmm. But we require the inspectors to bring it back, review it, make sure there's no mistakes, so that when the realtor has it and they present it to the seller, then there's not a bunch of mistakes that have to be negotiated back and forth. It can be from on-site all the way up to 24 hours. It's very rare that you see four or five days now, but it is, it's allowable, just not very often. Are there other things that someone should ask when they're vetting a home inspector? The most common questions, the one you see in all of the articles in is, is how much experience you have. The cliche is, is that practice makes perfect, no, because if you're practicing it wrong, it's still wrong. The <laughs> yes. perfect practice makes perfect. So the experience question, I can be in business for 20 years. Look at the reviews. If you look at the reviews, you have a good idea of the customer experience. I also recommend that they look for a designation by the two major home inspection organizations that are in the States, and that's the American Society of Home Inspectors and the International Association of Home Inspectors. I'm an overachiever, so I belong to both. My guys are all required to be certified professional home inspectors. That's through the International Association of Home Inspectors. You want to know that they're trained well. Also, there are certain states, in Maryland included, you're licensed. You can go on their website and type in your name, and they'll tell you whether that is license is valid or not. If you get an inspection in Maryland by a non-licensed home inspector, that's an invalid inspection. It's not good for a real estate contract. So you expect the state, make sure they have a license, check their ratings, their reviews, and then talk to them. I actually 
recommend that you talk to your inspector if possible beforehand. How long does it take to get my report? Can I be at the inspection? Once I get that inspection report, will you be available to answer questions for me? Is there steps I have to go through? These are all very important questions. We recommend the clients be at the inspection. We want to educate them, okay? We want them to see what we're talking about so that when they get back to that report, especially your first-time home buyers, they have to understand. The inspector there is to give an objective view of the concerns or defects in a home. So therefore, the report is basically negative. We're telling you what's wrong with the house and therefore what you need to get fixed or what you can live with. Do you care if you have an old type light switch? Probably not. You know, it's all up to the individual. So talk to the inspector and they have to be objective. Would you recommend anyone else be present during the home inspection? In Maryland, the buying realtor can accompany. We have had clients bring say a contractor or something to the home at the same time. I highly don't recommend that. Not that I care if the contractor's there. If they come, I prefer them to come at the end of the inspection. I want your attention. I want to walk you through the home. I want you to see what I'm seeing and teach you about what I'm seeing. Right now, Maryland just came out of the COVID shutdown. Mm -hmm. And we did virtual inspections. Literally, nobody was in that home except the inspector. And then the inspector led them through the inspection process and the concerns of the home virtually on the phone. Gave them the same information. It was live so they could ask questions. They just weren't there physically. We're a large enough company that we can adapt to technology pretty quick. So we were one of the first that actually, in our area anyway, that did this. And it worked out well. It worked out so well. We've been requested to keep it. Now, Maryland has opened up somewhat, so we are now allowing the client and the realtor to be there with safety precautions, of course, the COVID safety precautions, but they can be there now, and we encourage it, and we're in an area where there's a lot of military, a lot of government workers. Sometimes they can't be here for the home inspection, so the realtors are loving the fact that they can show their client the home inspection without them flying from California, New York, wherever, to be there go through a three and a half hour home inspection. Well, this is one of the things that came about a crisis that will probably stay because it's beneficial. It's beneficial for the client and that's what we're looking for. Virtual home inspections, they weren't available pre-COVID. Uh, they may have been. We never even thought about it. We love teaching the clients and to teach, it's nice to have you there. But I will tell you the virtual inspection has worked out extremely well. The only complaint we get is by the inspectors because they miss their clients. Yeah. <laughs> they want their clients to be there. But other than that, it worked out very well. We were speaking with some realtors about two weeks ago, and they're dealing with the same thing, you know, virtual home tours. And we had one real estate agent we spoke to. She completed a whole transaction, sold a home that the buyer never stepped foot in, which is in totally crazy. I can't even imagine, you know, I'm used to going to open houses and walking through homes. So it's interesting how this has changed. But I think it does make sense, especially in your area for a relocation when you don't have a lot of time or you're not going to be there to have that virtual experience is better than not having it at all. So. Yeah. Is it ideal? No, I don't think it's ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you don't get the smell, the touch, the feel, but right. you know, you get good information. In a home inspection report, is it standardized or the report vary from inspector to inspector. They vary in presentation. There is the division of licensed states versus you know unlicensed states. So you might have some. For the most part, though, the industry has become pretty standardized. OSHI, the American Society of Home Inspectors, has been in operation since 1976. And when they did, they set up guidance rules as to what is to be inspected and what is not to be inspected. And most states have used that as a guideline as well. There is 
different styles. There's checklist styles, there's handwritten reports. But what we like to see and what we try to present in our reports is, one, what is the concern? Two, why is it a concern? Three, what do we need to do about it? We're not going to prescribe. A home inspector is not here to solve the issues they find in the home. We can't do that. Think of a home inspector as a, a general practitioner. The first doctor you go to see is going to be your GP. He's the one that has your history. He's looked all over everything. He knows what's going on. Okay, oops, you got a tick in your heart. Was well, he going to diagnose that? No, he's not qualified to diagnose that. He sends you to a heart specialist. Home inspector does the same thing. We can say, hey, your furnace is not operating the way it's supposed to, or it is really deteriorated. This needs to be looked at or replaced by a professional. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you need to have one of those come in. And this is where it becomes part of the negotiating process. Some people think that everything that we find in a home inspection has to be fixed. And that's not true. Our job is to point out the concerns of the homes and things that may need to be repaired. Mm -hmm. And we try to break that down into maintenance items, repair items. And a repair item is something the furnace, the electric, whatever it is, is not functioning as it was intended to function. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it is a problem and it needs to be repaired. A maintenance item might be, hey, you get a little bit of chipping paint on your house, sooner or later, that's going to have to be fixed or it's going to hurt your home. Then we have the safety problems. Hey, you got a gas leak. Anything that extreme, we're not only going to be on a report, we're going to be calling the gas company. Anything that, you know, hey, you have a loose stair rail. You realize that if a child fell against us, they'd go over the edge. That's a safety concern. And we're going to write it up as a safety concern so that it can be repaired prior to you taking occupancy of the home. Once a home um, inspection report is completed, who's going to receive a copy of that report. That report belongs to the person that I did the inspection for and who paid for it. And then they give me permission to send it to whoever. Now the process in the real estate deal is simple. We do the inspection. The client will get the report. Their buying agent will usually get the report. They talk about what they want to get fixed. And then the selling agent gets that report. There is one issue that we run into not frequently, but every once in a while, we'll get the uh, selling agent that wants to reuse the report on the next buyer. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's okay. the number one. Uh, some inspectors actually copyright their reports. So it's a violation of copyright law. Really? Uh, the second part of it is an inspection is a visual inspection at the time of the inspection. If I have a negotiation with a selling agent, and it takes me six weeks to say, okay, fine, we're done. We're, we're out of here. There's a lot of things could happen to that home and to its systems in six weeks, mm -hmm. especially if it's occupied. So relying on a previous home inspection is not a good idea. You should always have your own inspection done. I will tell you the trend in the industry. You asked me when, when to get a home inspection. The trend in the industry is if you're getting ready to sell a home, have an inspection. Why? You want to fix that stuff. You want to shorten the negotiation time. And if there's things that can be fixed simply that you can get three bids on and save some money, that's great. Some people will say, oh, home's been inspected. Here's the report. Use that. I do the pre-listing inspections, as they call them, or the seller's inspection. Mm -hmm. And we do it to inform themselves and to inform the clients what they got going on. Mm -hmm. I would never recommend to one of my clients that they use even my inspection 
as their final inspection if you're the buyer. Have your own inspection done. Simple. Inspectors are all different. Some see things that others don't. Or maybe something is broken in the time between that inspector gets in there than the previous inspectors in there. Always do your own inspection. That's really good feedback. When preparing for an inspection, how much can either a home buyer or even someone preparing to sell um, expect to pay for a home inspection? There's usually two different formulas that inspectors will use for setting their prices. One is a percentage basis. Now, this is not used that often, but it is used. It usually comes into play in, in larger metropolitan areas where there's, you know, you have a small building, but you have a lot of time and traffic and so forth and so on. So they'll use a percentage method. And in most states, it's done by square footage. And then there might be some add-ons such as, okay, you have a apartment over a garage, okay? So they'll count that in the square footage. They have to. Uh, square footage is basically time-based. If I take a thousand square foot home, I'm going to set a price for how much time I got to spend there. If I do a 5,000 square foot home, I'm going to set a price based on the time that I have to be there. For the most part, and the latest that I've seen, the average across the country is about 358. That includes your southern states, which you know, the homes are less expensive. When you go to northern states, and particularly in metropolitan areas, that's going to increase substantially. And then, of course, that's going to go up on the square footage. And it's like any other professional. People sometimes forget that inspectors are professionals. We're just like the electrician, the plumber, and so forth. We have to have training. We are a license. We have to have ongoing CEs. We're professionals, mm -hmm. so we have to charge a professional fee. Is there anything else that someone should be aware of when it comes to home inspections? Is there anything that we haven't covered yet? A home inspection, like I said, it's, it's covering your basic structure, your mechanical, your electrical system, your plumbing system, and so forth. But there's a lot of other things that could prevent or may alter your decision to move into a home. Mm -hmm. Environmental is one of them. Please keep in mind, a lot of home inspectors do pest inspections as well, but pest inspections are actually two different inspections. Okay. Home inspection does not include pests. Home okay. inspection does not include environmental inspections. So it doesn't include wells. It doesn't include those things. It is simply what's in the home. We are a full service inspection company. So a lot of the stuff we do in house, if you're considering buying a home, there's actual maps the EPA puts out. It kind of shows you radon zones. I will tell you in our area, we recommend a radon test 100% of the time. Radon is an invisible gas. It comes from uranium. You can't see it. You're not smelling it. You're not going to feel it, but it's there and it's deadly. It's actually the second leading cause of lung cancer right behind cigarettes and is actually attributed to more deaths per year than drunk driving wow. to the tune of about 20,000. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that is one that we highly recommend. Radon is funky. You could have a house next to you that has a radon mitigation system, and your house could be completely clear. The only way we're going to know, though, is to run a test. Mm -hmm. That's the only way we know how radon's there. One of the other environmentals that we get requested for a lot is mold inspection. There's several reasons to have that. One, we visually see it in-house. Some inspectors do that kind of stuff. Some people don't, so I don't want to you know, be all encompassing just because we do it. We have inspectors that are actually trained to do mold. A home inspection is a visual inspection. We can't see in your drain line or under concrete. We can't see in them. So one of the things that's getting relatively possible because of the expense of repairing it is to do a source code to see if there's any problem with the source code. That's a particularly advisable in an older home, but doesn't necessarily you don't mean you don't do it in a home that's brand new because we have actually done 
new construction inspections where you know, somebody accidentally ran over the pipe with an excavator and crushed the pipe. Mm. Don't want to see it happen, but it's possible. Just because a house has been gently used before and you're going to buy a new house doesn't mean you're out of the woods. We do new home inspection, which is phase inspections anywhere from when they put the drywall to the finished product. And I have done inspections personally where I've turned on the bathroom upstairs and I have a water fountain through the kitchen ceiling and it's brand new construction. So don't just say, well, it's brand new. I'm under warranty. No problem. Doesn't happen that way. That's really location-based is what you're saying. So if I were looking to purchase a home, I should be looking like on these government, you know, maps with radon. And then I would know maybe if to consider a radon inspection or would my home inspector make that recommendation? Would they know about the geography? We actually just asked, are you, you know, are you getting a radon inspection? The government's doing a lot to promote it now, but it's been kind of a hidden thing for the longest time. We have a full service company here. So when they call in, you know, we can schedule everything for them. And so one call does everything. And we'll say, okay, here's your home inspection. Here's what it is. By the way, are you getting a radon inspection or do you want a radon inspection? And they're like, what's that? I'm old school. We're not a sales company. We kind of say, hey, here's some information that you might want to look up if you want to add it. Tell the inspector, he can add it for you. In our area, if you ask me personally, Alan, you know, this is my brother. Hey, would, I do you, would you recommend a radon inspection? Oh, heck yes. I don't even care if you have a radon system in the house. Radon systems, depending on how old they are or how they're installed, could be not functioning correctly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spend that few bucks that I have to spend to get a radon test because I want to make sure that my family's not exposed to that. Mm-hmm. But again, that's me. I'm a little bit extreme when I do. So. Mm, but it makes sense. I didn't even realize those statistics about radon. That's that's pretty amazing. Right. I'm in New Jersey, and I, right. from what I understand, we have quite a bit of a radon presence here that I wasn't aware of. So I think it would be relevant for listeners all over. So we actually do see classes for realtors, and that's an hour and a half class alone just about radon. Really? Where okay. it comes from, how it gets into the house, what effects it has on you. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a long class. Could you get into like side effects? Like if someone were to know, if they were to suspect like radon being an issue with their health, would it be a lung issue? You know, it's going to be signs. Well, radon is, is going to be air, is basically a radioactive gas that's coming up through the ground. There is possibility that there's radon in water. The radon in water is very unproven if it hurts anything. And there's a lot of studies on it, but not much has come out. Okay. But as far as the lung goes, it is, been documented that it is a real problem. I've actually had a, an older lady, I'm doing the home inspection, she was the homeowner, and we just got into a conversation and she says, I asked you, why are you selling the house? She says, well, my husband passed away, I don't really need this big a house, so I'm going to be moving in with my kids. And I said, okay, well, we're going to do the home inspection today and then we're going to do a radon test. So she said, oh, radon, schmadon, there ain't no radon in this house. We had one of those tests done years ago, it's fine. Well, Client wants it, so we're going to set it up. Okay, whatever. So we get the radon test back. In EPA standards, anything over what they call four picocuries per liter, which is a measurement, but once you get to that point, the EPA says you really should consider mitigating. In other words, putting the system in to remove this gas. Hers came back in at 20. I've had homes higher than 100. Oh my gosh. 100 picocuries. Is like your family, not just you, your whole family smoking 200 cigarettes a day. The sad part about this conversation was I, when we were talking, you know, oh, your husband passed away. Well, how did he pass? 
lung cancer. Did he smoke? No. Now I didn't, to this day, I have never said, yeah, you have right on a 20. Is it because of that? I can't tell you that, I don't know. Right. All I know is if he didn't smoke and radon causes a problem and he's got 20, it's hmm, ability that that could have helped. That's good to know. A home inspection, like I said, has certain things it's gonna cover, but there's things it's not covered, like the radon, the mold and so forth. If you have a well, it has to be done by a separate inspection. If you have a septic system, that's a separate inspection. So you mm -hmm. gotta understand what's in the home and, and don't be all encompassing with the home inspection. It's not 100% complete. You should always understand about your home. When you can attend, do so. It's a great time to learn about your home. Stay at the inspection with us, okay? We're gonna say, okay, we're down in the basement now and we've reviewed your furnace, your water heater, etc. Let's go down, I wanna to explain to you what we found. And then we'll go down. We'll show them where the water cutoff is. We'll show them where the main electric shutoff. You have a chance to learn about your home. Who's gonna show you that? Interview the inspector, understand that, you know, hey, what do they do? What they don't do, can I do this? Can I not do this? Again, it, I, I can't give you an all-inclusive list because it's personal. It's what you want to do. But look at that and, and use that as your guideline. Realtors can give you plenty of referrals. Check things out. Don't go to Cheap Charlie. Because Cheap Charlie is probably cheap for a reason. The only way you can get an inspection is because he's not busy. And it does get aggravating. They're a good inspector, not necessarily a company, but a good inspector. They get booked out quick, so they got to get them, okay, while they can. But sometimes it's better to wait two or three days than to take somebody who's inexperienced. An average home inspection will take about two and a half to three hours. That's for a small home. There is no time limits on a home. I've actually seen inspectors do a house that took us two and a half to three hours on, and they've done it in an hour. Can they do it? Yeah, because legally it says you have to, say I'm checking your windows in your house. The rules say that I can go into this room and I can open the window, check the locks, you know, and there's one window in there or three windows in, I open the one, I'm done. You know, mm -hmm. if I got six in there, I might want to do two. There's no rule that I have to open every window. Really? but you want an inspector to do it. Mm -hmm. I have walked through a room many a time and the last window I had fell off my hands. You wanna make sure they check the electrical. By the rules, if I walk into a room and I've got six outlets, I can just check one, maybe two if I'm feeling generous. They're okay, I'm done. No, that's not the way it's done. You want something whose body is thorough. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is, is accessibility. An inspector is not to move your personal belongings simply for liability reasons. If I'm in a home, I'm not moving your couch to the electrical panel. Why? Because I could break it and then I got to pay for it or I could hurt myself. So we don't want to do that. One of the things they want to pay attention to is access. As an inspector, I need to get access to the attic. If I'm on an inspection and, and I'm looking at the roof, in older homes, we can usually walk the roof. Really, we can walk on it, we can kind of see what's going on. New construction, the contractors will not allow us on the roof. They're afraid of damage. Mm. Even in a newer home, say a home that's only five, six years old, I don't want to walk, I can't walk on all those roofs because what they call the pitch, which is the angle of the roof, is too steep. So I'm going to maybe get up with it to a ladder so that I can feel it to try to get a, an age, you know, somewhere how old it is. And I'm gonna look at it with binoculars or maybe a drone or something like that. So getting into the attic is critical because one, there's a lot of systems up there. But sometimes there's heating systems up there. The insulation's there. I gotta know if it's been done correctly. 
the pot lights are up there, I gotta make sure that they're safe because a lot of times they are retrofitted. They're retrofitted by subcontractors. Are they correct? I don't know, but it's a safety issue. I wanna make sure I can see that. So you need to make sure that we can get to the attic spaces. That means if you're in a closet, which a lot of them are, cover your clothes, move your clothes. We can cover them, we're not moving them. If we don't do that, then you're gonna come back to us and say, hey, you gotta clean all my closet. You know, $400 fee, and I gotta clean a closet full of clothes, I haven't made much money that way. The other one is the electrical panel. We want to see that electrical panel. We find a lot of issues in that electrical. Mm -hmm. So we wanna be able to open that electrical panel up and look at it. Unfortunately, too many people don't wanna see the electrical panel in the basement, so they hide it. They'll hide it behind a picture. They'll hide it behind a door. If you're gonna do that, and if you've done that, you need to put a label out for the inspector so he can find that panel. Because guess what? If I can't find that panel, I'm going to say uninspected. As a client, you should say, uh-uh, I want that inspected. Right. So now the homeowner has to say, well, it's right there behind the picture. Fine. Take the picture down and the inspector will come back and check it. Oh, and by the way, he's a professional. He gets paid to visit your home. So you might get charged for that. One of my big problems that I have also is washing machines and so forth in front of electrical panels. They are not going to be opened or they shouldn't be, let me put it that way. And that is because I'm dealing with a charged electrical panel. I'm taking a coverall. I need to see the wiring inside there. So when I go into that wiring and I'm leaning across a washing machine, which is metal and it might be wet, I take it off, everything looks good. I go back to put it on and I slip and that metal goes into the wiring. I'm gonna get either shocked or killed. So make sure that's accessible. Those are the kind of things that we usually will find. Clients have to remember that a home inspector does not activate the power system or the water system. If the water is out in the home, and I'm talking about all the water, when that's shut off, it has to be turned on by the homeowner or somebody who's approved to do it. Yeah, we're opening the faucets, we're flushing the toilets, we're turning on that water, but we're not activating. Because if there is an issue and it was turned off for an issue that we don't know about, we have a problem. If I have a breaker in an electrical panel and it's off, I'm not turning it on. Now people say, oh, that's just stupid. Why not? Well, here's a little story. I did an inspection for an investor one time. We looked at the electrical panel. There is three breakers turned off. I'm like, okay, uh, I got three breakers turned off. We need to have, you know, we'll have to have an electrician check this out to see, you know. But he was going to remodel the house, so it wasn't a big deal. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I need to see where this is going. And he went in the panel himself and turned them on. All I heard was this pop. I looked behind me, and I had a receptacle smoking like crazy. So now I have to spend 40 minutes turning off all the power, opening up the wall to make sure there's not a fire in there. And it's not as simple as some people think about. There's rules and there's rules for a reason. You know, when we do pre-listing inspections, one of the first things we tell them is, look, make sure at least you have all your switch covers and receptacle covers on. People say, oh, that's why, it's just 29 cents. Well, it's 29 cents to you, but it's a safety hazard. And no, it's not a safety hazard because somebody's gonna go over and stick their finger in it. It is a safety hazard because if there's for some reason an arc in that receptacle, then it can actually create a fire. It has been proven that if there is a receptacle or switch cover on there, it might suppress the oxygen level enough that that fire won't start. Basically, when we have a powered source and the powered source is trying to jump toward a grounded source, it's called an arc, it's an electrical flash. An arc has been proven and measured 
that it is a greater temperature than the surface of the sun. Wow. So if you had that little tiny arc jump across there, is there a possibility that it could have caused a fire if it has enough time and oxygen? Yeah. That little switch could deprive it of time and oxygen enough to let it suppress itself out. So yes, it's important to have those switches on. Thank you so much. Before we wrap up, could you just tell our listeners that the best way to get in contact with 4U Home Inspections? We have a website, the number four letter U home.com. We want to enlighten our clients. We want to not frighten them. We want to teach them. We don't want to scare them. And that's the way we go about our inspections. We have an in-house call center. So when you call, you're going to get a person that works for us and you can order online. We have an app that you can order online. You can order online on computer. We are very well trained. Our reports come electronically. We were talking about the virtual inspection. You're a busy guy. You're in the military. We literally can recap the inspection for you virtually online. You can see it anytime and any place in the world. As far as reaching out to us and do the website, or you can just simply call us and that's at 443-539-8710. Our service area goes from Washington, D.C. all the way up to the Pennsylvania line. So we cover a large area. Well, thank you again. This was terrific. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Be in touch soon.